Hosea 4.6. My people. It starts, my people. You are his people, right? I'm teaching born-again believers, you know. Every time on Wednesday nights, I believe most of them are born again. And if there's somebody here that's not, and I always say, uh, welcome citizens of heaven. And if you're born again, you're a citizen of heaven with citizen laws. And that's what we want to teach you, the laws of, of the citizens. But if you're not, tonight before you leave, you can become a citizen. And uh, instantly, you can become a citizen. You can die to yourself, born again, be a new creation in Christ, and walk out that door brand new. But the majority of people that I teach, or I kind of teach Christians, you know, born-again believers. And so that's my people. That's you. And it says you're destroyed or ruined for lack of knowledge. You know, the devil's tool is to keep you ignorant. That's all he wants. He, he, he has no power over you, but he, 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 he can keep you ignorant, keep you away from the truth. Then he got you. Because ignorance, you know, a lot of in, in today's world, there's a lot of marriages that are in trouble. And, and a lot of people have, uh, you, you hear financial trouble. And we're talking about born-again citizens of heaven. They come up with us. They're born, they're born again, but yet they're in financial trouble. You shouldn't be if you know the word of God, you know. And you shouldn't be, uh, your marriage should not be in trouble if you know the word of God. It's because you're ignorant of the word, and the, and the, and the devil wants you to stay ignorant so that you can be ruined. And Jesus said, my people are ruined, you know, for lack of knowledge. A lot of us, when we got saved, well, me, like, I mean, ages ago, but for you guys that are brand new, uh, you came in with your marriage almost ruined, you know, and your finances are in trouble. And a lot of born-again believers that sit in the church for two or three years are still in financial trouble, can't pay their bills or, or their rent or whatever. And it shouldn't be, you know, but it should not be. You know? That's why I started that class, God's Stewards, years ago to teach everyone how, you know, how to be a steward of God's finances. Can you say amen? All right. So are you ready to get knowledge tonight? Are you, are you hungry to get knowledge? Are you teachable? Don't come in knowing everything, be knowing it all, because if you know it all, you're not going to learn nothing. You know? so empty yourself and say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to learn something, even if it's just one thing. And that's good. You know, I leave tonight with something that I didn't have before. You know? and, and, and not only ready to learn, uh, to get knowledge, but understanding. Because the key to everything about God is understanding. You can know everything, but don't understand nothing. You know? So you have to understand the word. Are you ready? Okay. The good, ready to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of the kingdom of God. Now, I didn't say news. I said the good news. Everybody say good news. Hallelujah. Well, I'm ready to teach you the good news. Smile at me. Wave at me. Hallelujah. So let me start with this statement. In the church, it is not just the responsibility of the pastor to believe God for things. We all should believe. We all should claim things that we need. However, everybody say however. We must know how to claim them. Okay. According, uh, according to the word of God, most people know the word, but they don't know how to claim it. You know, I used to think last week or a week before about the gold rush, you know, or the land rush of the old days when we used to watch the Western movies. They would go and stagecoach to put up a claim, claim for land, you know. Well, that's the same way as Christians. We've got to run and claim what belongs to us before somebody else gets it, you know. You claim it, you know. John Osteen told me when I, when I was growing up with him years ago, you know, say, say this, Jesse, I'm rich. 
My house is paid for. My car should pay for. I have plenty of money in the bank. I claim it. I had nothing. I was making nine dollars an hour, and I kept. I would say because I, that's the man I got. I believe, you know. If he told me to say it, I say it. But then in my mind, would that would play tricks. If I make nine dollars an hour, I didn't have a house paid for. I didn't have cars paid for. I didn't have plenty of money in the bank. But how how was going to happen? But I had to stop questioning. All of a sudden, I had to believe, believe, believe that that what he told me because he knew better. Confess it, claim it, and I started claiming it. Years later, I don't know how many years, you know, I was there. All of a sudden, I had a million dollars in the bank. My house was paid for. My cars were paid for. I had plenty of money in the bank. Years later, you know. And then he, th- then he t- told me turn around and do this, and then, and then whatever's left, give it away. And I gave it, I gave it to the gospel. See, because that's what God told me. And, I, and, and, and guess what? When I did that, I've never lacked so since. And I'm talking about 1980, 1990, something like that. You know? And I've always, you know, I'm happy all the time. You know? Because I obey God. You know, I found out one thing, that if you please God, he promotes you. So find out what pleases God and start doing that. And you know what pleases him more than all? Obedience. And not not just giving, you know, like we hear this message all the time, so tithe, so tithe. And that's it. You, without tithing, you're not going to give away. But, you know, I mean, you could have all the money in the world. You can't buy God. You know, you could give all you want. And that's not, that's not it. no, you got to please God. And obedience to the little things is what pleases God. And that's what I like to teach the little things, like tonight, you know, learn, you know, how we can please God. So we learned last week. That we have authority. So and and what's behind the authority of the believer? Everybody say Jesus. Can you yell it out? Jesus. The name that is above every name. That name is what we have. We live in him and he lives in us. So by using that name, we can have whatever we want, but we gotta use the name of Jesus. And you gotta stop saying, I did this and I did that, because you didn't do nothing. You know, or I invited this person, and he no, he no. The Holy Spirit already had His hand on that person, and He used you to invite him because what He saw in you. See, you understand that, so that's why you thank God in constantly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because there's nothing that you can do; it's all Him. Hallelujah. And then we have angels. How do you know you have angels? Angels that minister to us. You have to be aware and know that you're not alone. When you're walking, you're not alone. There's angels ministering to you. Did you know that? Because that's part of our inheritance. But you must be aware of this. If you're not aware, like what you said, if you weren't aware of what's next, you don't know what to do because you, you could have you could be a gold member like whatever it was and not know it. But you got to be aware that there are angels around you. And if you are aware there are angels around you, you know you got to keep your mouth shut. See? <laughs> because they don't want to hear nothing but God. That's why they want to hear, thank you, Jesus. They don't want to hear, you know, I need this, I need that. But, you know, and, you know, let's talk football, let's talk basketball, you know, listen to the radio. You know, my son brings me to church, you know, on Wednesdays, and I tell him, can you turn the radio off? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to hear nothing, you know. I want I want to meditate on, on Jesus, you know. So in Hebrews 1, if you can turn your Bibles to Hebrews 1, uh, verse 13 and 14 in the Amplified Classic, 
I'll read it to you. I forgot to give the scripture to my pastor again. They can maybe catch up with me. But uh, it says in Hebrews 1, Besides, to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, associated with me in my royal dignity, till I make your enemies a stew for your feet? That's Jesus talking. Or not the angels all? Everybody say all. All the angels are ministering spirits. You know that? Servants. Sent out in the service of God for the assistance of who? Of those who are to inherit salvation. The angels are sent out to assist you. And you have to be aware so you can know that, hey, there's an angel and they were sent specially for me to assist me. You're not alone. When you know that, know that you're not alone, nothing will be hard to be anxious for nothing. Why? Because I have angels that are helping me. Are you, are you getting it? I know you all know this, but I will repeat it. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, one of the benefits is that angels begin to minister to you. Hallelujah. So let's read Hebrews 1, 13, 14 in the Passion Translation. It says, and God has never said this to any of his angels. Take your seat next to me at my right hand until I force your whispering enemies to be a rug under your feet. What role then do angels have? The angels are spirit messengers sent by God to serve those who are going to be saved. Even before you were going to be saved, there were angels protecting you. You were going to be saved. So that means that God already knew you were going to be saved. You can't help that, you know. That's why when I found all this out, I always, always said, well, thank you, Jesus, that you chose me and not him. Whoever him was, you know, then he chose me. Because he chose me and, and got everything together so that I could get saved. Because the angels were, were helping me along to get to that point. When you know that, then you don't have to get frustrated about your relatives and others. You know, what God will bring him, you know. All you have to do is you be an example. You act the right way. They'll, they'll come. Thank, but somebody's going to be touched by your, by your example. Hallelujah. In the footnotes of the Passion Translation, it read like this. The angels are glad to minister to us. The angels are glad to minister to, I put on there, me. The angels were glad to minister to me. No wonder I'm happy. Because the angels were glad to minister to me. Thank you, Jesus, for they see us in Christ. So I put there, they see me in Christ. So then they see me, they see Christ. They don't see Jesse. They don't see this man. They see Christ when they see me. The angels, I don't know about you, but if the angels see Christ in me, I don't really care what anybody else sees. They can say whatever they want. <laughs> but I know the angels see Christ in me. Hallelujah. That's the good news. You wanted to hear the good news? That's the good news. Think about that. Go home saying, man, the angels see Christ in me. Now I know that I'm not alone. Of course Jesus is in you. Of course you're hidden in him. Of course the Holy Spirit is in you. But it's extra that angels are also protecting you. Mm. They see you in Christ. Do you see yourself in Christ? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see the past? Do you see the old sinner? Do you see, or do you see, if you look in the mirror, see, I see Christ. If the angels see Christ, then I'll, I'll see Christ in the mirror. Then I smile. It makes me happy. 
See, most believers don't see themselves in Christ. Why? Because lack of knowledge. See? They believe, they'll tell you they're saved. But they have a whole bunch of problems because they, they don't see themselves in Christ. See? They're saved because somebody told them to say a prayer, and they say, oh, I'm saved. That, that's it. But that's not it. It doesn't stop there. You need knowledge. They need, to no they need knowledge. Are you with me? You're in Christ after you get saved. And part of your inheritance is this. You have angels ministering to you. So that right there, if it's a Bible study, it's right in your notes. I have angels ministering to me. Be aware of that. In the King James, verse 14 reads, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Notice, they're not all. How many? No, notice the word all. Are they not all? How many? All for them. For who? For us. Man. So let's pause here and ponder on that. When you read something like that, don't just go to the next verse. Sit down and think about it. Ponder on that. Think about the times when you when you had a close call in a car accident. Think about time when you I had one today. I was telling my, my daughter that, you know, that <laughs> I was down me looked on the phone and a truck stopped in front of me and I was like, Ooh. you know. Well, thank you, Jesus. I knew this morning that angels were guarding over me, you know. So thank you, angels. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't move my car around, you know. That, and how many of you have ever had a close call? Right? Man. Thank you, Jesus. Some of these guys that got saved later, like Pastor George and uh, Rand and all them that tell stories of when they came to church, when they got saved, that they, they got shot at. That when they were out in the street, they got shot at, and they're sitting there here, born again. Well, who, who stopped the bullets from hitting them? Because they were going to get saved, and the angels guard over those that are going to be saved. Think about that. Now you have something else to thank God for, for the angels. If you got Jesus, you know, <laughs> yell Jesus. Okay, let me make a slight turn here. Last week, we, we taught on, on and today I, I said I'm going to do part two. If angels are at work ministering, then we should be at, at work also, right? Right. So last week I said that the presence of the kingdom of heaven on earth divides all people into two groups. Those who are kingdom citizens and those who are, who are not kingdom citizens. Now I demonstrated, but I don't think a lot of people saw last week. Uh, but uh, let me demonstrate that again. So if I could get Peter and Peter and, and Grant stand on this side, just let a demo real quick so you can understand, you know. And and then I, and I, I think that's it. Let, let's go seven. Five or six. So when you get saved, right? This is a th this side. They're kingdom citizens. Jesus divides a line between the saved and the and not saved. Right? It's a line. Now, what he tells us, finances come to you in obedience. Those are things that little things that people don't do. They are dead to this world. They're born again, new. They're dead to the world. But they still have brothers, sisters, husbands, all that. I talked about this last week before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to all mingle, you know. But Jesus, you know, divided you. You cannot, they don't understand you because you're, you're, they're born of the spirit and they're dead. Okay. Now, his job, if if Ram comes over here and stands right here, 
and he preaches over here or tells the story of how he got saved. Then he grabs uh, my man right here, and he accepts Christ if I bring him over here. So our job is to empty this side and, and, and fill this side. That's our job. Now, a lot of people, in Thanksgiving Day, our job is not to go over there and eat turkey and talk about football and basketball and all that. You wouldn't get me doing that. Even in my house, people come out. I'm not going to talk. They, these people, all they know how to say to them now is, how you doing? What's up? How you been? That's, and you say, good, thank you. But uh, there's no conversation, right? And maybe some of the people on this side are called this side fanatics, Jesus freaks, all the names. Now, Jesus came to that. To, you said, well, Jesus was with, with all the lost. Well, no, he wasn't mingling with them. He came right here, and he got a boat and stood on top of it. Or he got a mountain and stood on top of it. And then he preached the good news. And then some of them followed him, and some of them stoned him. And some of them said, crucify him. Well, if you do what Jesus did, some of your relatives are going to say, stone him. Get away from me. I want to hear it. Are you fanatic? Jesus freak. Get away. They're going to separate. You're not going to. You, you, you're telling them the good news, but they're not going to accept you. See? And that's what I said last week. But yet some people still, you know, well, no, but then I, you know, they still did the thing. They, they, and see, what they think is drinking us. Well, I don't let nobody bring beer in my house. Beer doesn't. That's not it. It's not the beer. It's the spirit. You're talking to a dead person and you're alive. How can you relate other than say how you're doing? But if you if you want to really talk their language, then then that's disobeying the word of God. And if you and God, Jesus, in order for God to promote you, you have to please Him. It doesn't please God for you to go back to the world when He already saved you. See, so now it it hurts in your mind and your not in your spirit. It hurts. Man, I wish my mom or my uncle or yeah, I know, but. They're going to ask you, you know, I was talking to someone else, and somebody came from the past, and they said, you changed. Well, that's an opportunity. Yeah, I did. How did it happen? Well, let me tell you. And then, that, then they, they want to, because they have already been touched by God in their heart. They are, they're going to be saved. Some of them are going to be saved. Those are the ones that we're looking for. The ones that are going to be saved, they're going to use Jesus. Okay, you can have a seat. On, yeah, you got it, right? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so, so when, so, hey, Carlos, Carlos was the one that stoned him, you know. But, uh, any, so, anyway, I wanted to make it clear so that you understand that finances, we talk about finances, doesn't just come when you sow and you tithe. It comes when you obey God, the little things, even, because Jesus is not mean. He loves you. He says, you're really giving, you're really dead. You're really giving them up for me. Well, I'm going to promote you. I, I tell them, I, I had over 60, 80 people in my house for Thanksgiving. I don't know how many now, but I guess it was about 80 people came to my house. And, and not one was from this side. Not one. But that happened over time. Everybody knows me. You know, the ones that don't want to hear me, they don't come. They don't, I didn't, it's not that I don't accept it. They just don't come. And that's, that's God. So, the, so I know that I'm pleasing God. And, 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 and I, I have favor with God, and he promotes me. Hallelujah. All right, so that was a side note. The ones <laughs> on this group, the born-again citizens, um, are, are called usually religious fanatics, Jesus freaks, holy rollers, and such. I've been called all of those things, right? So, so I'm talking to this group, and that's you. Is that right? Great. All right. 
So I said that we have a calling and a responsibility to influence the earthly culture with heavenly culture. That's our responsibility. As we study and grow spiritually, we begin, say begin, to understand the benefits and the responsibilities of a citizen of heaven. We have the right to go directly to the throne of our king and receive all that we need. What kind of all? Not just all, but all that we need to be an influence on the world. If you need something to be an influence on the world, then you can ask for that and he'll give it to you because that's what you're doing. That's what your job is, okay? Or you're taking notes. Or you're getting it. Really get this. Okay, ponder on this. All that you need to be an influence on the world. Jesus said, because I go to my Father, you can ask whatever you want, and I will grant it to you. He didn't say, you know, not give it to you. Are you getting it? Grant it to you, because he already gave it to you. He's you he gave it to you, but now you ask if he can grant it to you. You claim it. You take it. You're in a family of God. You go to, if you're in my family, you go to the refrigerator and get what you want. You don't have to ask for it. When you're in the family of God, you go and claim it. Get it. It's yours already. And if you're still suffering with something, it's because you are ignorant to it. You don't know that you can. And that's it. tonight I want you to know you can go in and grab the refrigerator and eat whatever you want. It's your dad. Claim it. We have the right to walk in health and in prosperity and in power. We have the right. We claim health. We claim prosperity. We talk it. We say, I have it. And Jesus has to give it to you because he's, we're talking by faith. He says, oh, you really believe this? Yeah, you're telling the world that? So I can't embarrass you. Of course I'm going to give it to you. See? And then it starts to happen because you claim it and you say, I'm healthy. I am health. I am health. I got a miracle last Sunday night. Pastor Sandy preaching. Just preaching and praying for people, but she didn't pray for me. I, I got it directly from heaven just standing right there. Claimed it. I claimed my healing. Yeah. I'm shaking it. My legs are hurting. My feet are hurting. And, and, then, and after, after the service is over, it's, that's it. Sweet. Yeah. I claimed it because I have right to be healthy. I have right to walk in health. He renewed my strength like the eagles. I told you, I got saved in 1973, so you do the math. I'm still here, still kicking it. And I'm still working, I'm still walking, I'm still here. People say, when are you going to retire? I don't know, you know. Why should I? I feel good, I feel like brand new. Health and prosperity and power. He has given us the keys to his kingdom. Why? Listen closely, Matthew 16, 19 in the message. 16, 19. So that we can fulfill our calling. That was one of them. Now we read Matthew 16, 19 in the message, and, uh, and, and it says, And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. That's talking to you, born-again believers. You will have complete and free access to the kingdom. You don't have to beg, God. You don't have to cry. You don't have to beg. He, you said you have access to it. Claim it. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. 
earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. And you don't let the devil put him to eat in your lunch. You said no. If it's a no here, it's a no in heaven. And heaven backs you up. So those that are new believers or, or were not here last week, take note. When you become a born-again believer, you were born spiritually and born into a family. Say family. You were not born into a church. A lot of people use the church. Well, and, and someone told me the other day when I was talking to them, they kept inviting me to church. I don't want to go to church. Stop inviting me to church. Right? And that's true. Church is not God. I mean, you know, it's a building. And, and it's not a, you know, you, you were born spiritually and born into a family, not a church, not a religion, not a denomination. No. A family. Everybody say family. A family that has their citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. And even though you are born physically in this earth, now, say now, your spirit man is a citizen of heaven. And you can boldly say, I am in this world, but I am not of the world. You can say that. You have permission to say that. My citizenship's in heaven. Listen to this. Th there's proof. When you go to work, your boss and coworkers should notice a difference in your man mannerisms if you obey Jesus and you become born again. They should notice. They should not see the same old person. And if your behavior, they notice in, in your behavior, they will ask you, what happened to you? They will ask you what happened to you. You're acting different. Something changed about you. And, and you will boldly say, yes, I have changed countries. That's what you say. You got you to gotta shake people up because then they want to know more. You know, I changed countries. And, and I'm now a citizen of a different government. No longer am I of this world. You're talking to your boss or your coworkers. I'm in this world, but not of it. I'm a citizen of heaven, okay? They will call you a fanatic. They will call you a Jesus freak and more. Who cares? Are you ready to learn some more? So you got to go through this in order to please God. Okay, now we have to study and learn some exciting truths after you get born again. Like this one. The kingdom of heaven operates under a different principles and laws and those principles and laws produce a distinctive culture. Do you hear me? A culture that stands out in this world. For example, one of the most distinct differences from the culture of this world is service. Everybody say service. The kingdom of heaven carries a culture of servanthood. Keep thinking about it, right? Think about it because we're talking about finances. Well, how can you be financial if you're not obeying God? Why? Because you're ignorant of some of the things that God is telling you. The kingdom of heaven carries a culture of servanthood. Say servanthood. So let me explain. In, in the world, we operate in a culture of every man for himself approach to life and success. In the world, every man for himself. Cheat, steal, do anything yet to get ahead. But kingdom culture... Measure success by service and self-giving. That's how you please God. That's what I mean when I say a culture of servanthood. Hmm. Keep taking notes. Let's study Jesus Christ for our example. 
a perfect example. Matthew 20, 20 and 23 in NLT. Matthew 20, 20 to 23 in NLT. Pay close attention. When you read the scriptures, pay close attention. Jesus taught the principle of servanthood in this story right here. In verse 20, then the mother of James and John, the sons of uh, Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully and asked a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right hand and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we are. Jesus told him, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit in my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for those ones that he has chosen. There are a lot of lessons here. And one of my lessons that I got myself, for those that please God, he will promote. God will promote you. You don't have to ask to be promoted. You just... You please God, and he'll promote you. Before you know it, you're running things, and you don't know how it happened. How did I get here, you know? I, a lot of times I find a way back, you know, like in, in 1980s and 90s and, and how we came through and how we got here. I, I, how did all this happen? If God did it, then I don't know. But I please God, I imagine. So this was a loving mother, and she wanted the best for her two boys. She wanted them to be great men, men of authority in the kingdom that Jesus was about to establish. So she hoped to persuade Jesus to promote her sons to a position of greatness and power. Here's the problem. Are you listening? A lot of us make the same mistake. She approached the, ma- the, the, she approached the matter from an attitude and value system of this world. She did not yet understand the dynamics of the kingdom. We make the same mistake. And the reason is because we don't understand the way our kingdom works. That's why you're at Bible study. We pray and ask and attend to believe while asking and trying to figure out the answer with this world's way of thinking. Get it? Think about it. Write it down. Think about it so we get it. Are you with me? We need to understand that the values or standards or principles or priorities of the very kingdom or the kingdom are very different from those of this world. Who's learning something? The way Jesus responded to her request, he said, caught her and her sons, caught her and her sons by surprise. They're like, man. He said that the position on either side of him in the kingdom were not his to give. Those choices were for his father to make. So notice Matthew 20, 24. The other ten disciples got mad at James and John. This gave Jesus a chance to teach. I love this because every time you're with me, I teach. Whatever you ask, whatever you tell me, it gives me a chance to teach. You can ask Benny, you know, he sits on top right there. I'm always teaching. Hallelujah. Are you ready to learn? So Matthew, it says, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant and that message says that they lost their temper with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the, that the rulers of the Gentiles lord, lorded over them and, and their high officials exercise authority over them. 
Not so with you, he says. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Underline that. That's my message. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must become a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. They were thoroughly disgusted with the, with the two. So Jesus got them together to settle things down. They were mad. Why are you asking to be at the right hand of the Father? Okay? This sounds familiar in churches today. When we start to see and hear from the world's perspective, we get upset, disgusted with each other. But look what Jesus taught us. Are you, are you teaching this? He said, in the kingdom, you don't find greatness by seeking titles. Positions of greatness in the kingdom does not come by advancing over your co-workers and then lording your elevation over them. In the kingdom, you serve your way to greatness. Put that in your notes. You want to be great in the kingdom of heaven? You serve your way to greatness. Hallelujah. So let me break it down. You don't connive your way to greatness. By connive, I mean you don't conspire in secret or a plan in secret with someone to get a position. That happens in a lot of churches. They got a position because they're related. They got a position because they ask. They, they, they're friends. They go out together, you know, they, and, and then, uh, yeah, hey, I'll make you assistant here. And no, that's not, you don't do that in the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. You don't plan a secret with someone to get a position. The mother of James and John was looking for greatness for her two sons by association instead of by dedication. Just because she knew Jesus, she thought, oh, I can have people with me, make them great. No. Are you getting it? By association instead of dedication. Hmm, somebody got it. In other words, she hoped to exploit her son's inner track, inner track to Jesus for their advantage. Her her inner track with Jesus for their advantage. For uh, that's how the world operates. They will try to use you to get someone else. Then they don't need you anymore. They use you to get in the door, and then pretty soon you they don't talk to you. That's the world system, not our kingdom system. Jesus nipped that idea in the bud. He said, in my kingdom, you don't achieve greatness by who you associate with, but rather by how well you serve others. Are you listening? He did not just talk. His own life was the perfect example. But he, didn't, he was just a talker. He, he told you. Jesus, even though he was the son of God, came to serve, not to be served. So take note. The message is the road to greatness in the kingdom of heaven leads through the valley of humble service. Jesus said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Hmm. Hallelujah. In this context, the word first means the first one that people always call on. In other words, the one who is the most important. 
the one who is most valuable, the one who everyone calls first, the one with the reputation for working the hardest. Jewish understanding. The kingdom lesson. If people are always calling on you and turning to you, that's a good sign. However, if you're the one they always avoid, maybe it's time for you to re-examine your attitude, your habits, or your work ethic. No one ever becomes great by avoiding the hard jobs or the tough decisions. Let me finish with this. If you don't have a spirit of service and hard work, it will not be only people avoiding you, but prosperity. teaching on prosperity from this other angles than just giving and sowing, you know. Avoiding, but prosperity will avoid you as well. If you're just a church goer, and then you go home, and then nobody sees you till next service, and then, you know, nobody calls you for advice, or you're not friends with anybody, not, but you're here in every service, and that's it, and you might be tithing, but you're not serving, you're not, you know, then you need to examine that, you know. Ponder on it. I remember when, you know, when I first uh, went to Lakewood back in 1973 by, by Chuck Allen, a year later I was at the Brother Osi's armor bearer. How did I become like that? I don't know. Something in me as a servant. I, I just stood by the door as he came out the office. He used to have his Bible. I stood by the office door, and then as soon as he walked out, I just stood there. And I walked him to his seat. And I started doing that because all of a sudden the next thing I was doing, I was taking his car keys and parking the car and picking them up and taking them to use on in his car. And and one day he said, Jesse, how did you get so close to me? You know, I just, I, 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 I was a servant. So to my ministry, that's a, a ministry of help, I was a servant. And, and I got promoted from pastor, head usher, uh, you know, feast ushers, uh, greeters, whatever, cashers, you know, all the men of, bre- all the kings of, you know, the, higher echelon men of God, Kenneth Hagen, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Lester Summerall, all came to Lakewood, and, and, and I fought for all of them and lined up everybody. So that's why here you see me doing things because it's in me. It's in me. I'm a servant, you know. It got in me back then, and that's what, you know, and God has promoted me and blessed me because of that. That's why I'm teaching you this, you know. Hallelujah. So my first ministry was a ministry of help. I've been anointed as a ministry of help. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. I think I, sk- I s- skipped a page because I was going to give you a testimony, and I think I went too fast. Um, way back, as a youthful, and ask God to use me, um, Sunday night, what about some Sunday night? I was sitting in a chair, and I was hungry. Was about the service was about over, and so I text Vinny, and uh, and I said I'm hungry. <laughs> and I expected her to text me back and say, uh, because she I don't eat at night, you know, I, I hardly ever eat at night, but but Jeff does, and every time I, I I go out, he gets home late from work or he comes by after service. Vinny's give is making some beautiful over easy eggs. And they look they look delicious, you know. And uh and so <laughs> the uh 
Yeah, look here. We're not supposed to do this. No, I'm supposed to tell the testimony. All right. So I'm going to tell it now. All right. So 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 what happened is uh, she texted me back and she said, "Let's go to Denny's." And they never go to Denny's. She never goes to Denny's. I said, "Okay, fine. I'll go to Denny's." She goes, "Well, Marco, I asked Marco if he's hungry." She goes, "Yeah." All right, let's go to Denny's. And then I thought it was Denny's right here by the by 1960, but then Jeff said, "No, let's go to Denny's in Kingman." I said, oh, okay. So drove, we drove to Denny's in Kingman after service Sunday night. And uh, and so then I, we didn't know, you know, how God works. You know, he, he uses people. And, you know, I, I had to see people that were just like bringing people from this side to this side, you know, always showing yourself. And so we're sitting at Denny's, and the waitress was a, a, a young black girl and uh, that was real super nice, you know, and she was serving us. And so I just said, hey, uh, let me ask a question. You must be a Christian. You 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 serve wings, right? You know. And she said, "Oh yeah, I'm saved." I said, "Great, great, that's awesome." Hey, I'm a pastor, so if you need anything, and she said, "Oh my God, I've been praying God to send somebody, you know." And she said, "I'm I, I haven't gone to church, and 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 I'm a Christian, but uh, I, I was in a car wreck, and I and I was in a coma, and I was in a hospital, and I got up, and I lost my car, I lost my oh." My she gave us a grocery list. I forgot everything that she said, Benny, right? Uh, uh, but one of it is that she was really hurting. And I, and, and I said, I said, well, let me tell you, as a Christian, you shouldn't be in El Trovador. I said, ignorance, you know, keeps you like that. You need to go to church where they teach you. And that's what we do at our church. And, and she said, oh, man, I've been asking God to send somebody to tell me where to go to church. And then and she said, but, I, you know, I, I work Wednesday nights and I work Sunday mornings. And I said, but I don't work Sunday uh, Sunday nights. I said, well, Sunday nights. We have service Sunday nights. Come and learn. You need to learn to be free. You you have no right to be like what you are. She didn't. She was having a hard time paying her rent and everything. I mean, a whole bunch of things. And I said, wow, Benny, no wonder God told you to go to Denny's. You know, I mean, this is where we were supposed to come. So I prayed for her, you know, and uh, and, and she was so happy. She said, I, I need to go to a church where they teach me. So see, there's Christians out there that are hurting, and they shouldn't be because they already have all that. Everything she needed, she has, but she don't know she has it, so she's suffering. But you're supposed to be showing people, you know, in, in not only getting them from this side to this side, but some are already on this side that are hurting. You need to be talking to them, you know. A lot of times we, we just want to be going around and, and winning souls and winning souls. But there's people that are hurting that are our families that need to learn that what they have in Christ. And then, and so, it, you know, church is not an invitation. It's look at me. Look what we got. And then they go to, where did you learn? That, that's how I got in, you know. I mean, I didn't. If anybody would have invited me to church back in 1973, I would have turned them down because I was a strong Catholic. I don't know what that means. You know, I, I was going, I was going to a Catholic church on Sunday. I didn't know what that means. And then I went to confession on Friday or whatever Saturday, and 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 I told the priest the same thing. The same thing. I did the same thing I did last week. And 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 he would say, "Okay, well, uh, three Our Fathers and two Hail Marys." And that's all the two prayers I ever knew as a Catholic was Hail Mary and Our Father. So that's all I prayed, you know. And then and then Sunday, I just got up and I said grace and, and ring the bell and beat my chest. And I just did what everybody else. And I did that for uh, for years. So I wouldn't have gone to any other church because, you know, Catholics don't go to hallelujah churches, you know. And uh, and so 
I went because I saw a girl that told me her testimony. She looked like an angel. And she said, oh, me and my husband, we, we used to do drugs and orgies. And, and I went like, what? And, 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 and she was telling me all that. But we changed. And I, and I said, not you? And I said, well, how did that happen? But see, see, I was an heir of salvation. And she said, well, there's a church called Lakewood Church. I go there. And, and, and I said, no, I got to see this. Because in my heart, in my heart, I really, you know, I, I thought, it, you know, that doesn't happen. So I went, you know, half because of her and half to see, you know. And, uh, and, and then John Osteen came out, and he gave a message that hit me. But, but then I didn't, I didn't, I, I was telling somebody else, I've always been bold. So I, went, I found out where he lived, and I went to his house, and I knocked on the door. And I said, um, Jody opened. I need to see the past pastor John Austin. No, I came to serve you. He's in deep prayer. And I, and I said, oh, man, that hit me. I, I thought every man in this world is, is, is a devil, is liars, thieves. I never knew that any man that would ever be a priest, anybody. A man that praying, deep prayer, that hit me. I said, well, if, that, if, I, if there's a man in this world that's in deep prayer, I want to see him. And I'm not leaving. And so she said, okay, sit here. And she went to get him from the back of the house. And all I heard, talking in tongues all the way down the hallway. And I, and I felt like God was coming to me. There was a power coming to me. And it, I really literally felt it. And when he shook my hand, it was like God shook my hand. And he prayed for me, led me to the Lord in his house. And he said, would you, would you make me a deal? Yes, sir. And he said, so he shook my hand. Attend Lakewood, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for one year. And then whatever happens, we'll cross it then. Will you give me your word? I, I wasn't out of my word. God will do it. I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, one year. At the end of one year, I was his armor bearer. I was serving in the church. I was meeting all these men of God, taking them out to eat with him, driving. I drove all Roberts in the back of my car and, you know, Kenneth Hagen, all those men of God. I was learning. I was just, I never talked, just listen. Yeah. But that happened. I got promoted. Why? Because I went Sunday morning, Sunday night. But I didn't go to a church. I went to see a, a, a culture. This person had a different culture than mine. And, and since, I, since you read that ministering angels were for those that are going to be saved, then that means that he already knows who's going to be saved. Thank God that I was one of them because that's how God knew. But, you know, so since you invite people to see where you've got, you got to tell them, you got to tell them who you used to be. And then they all, if they're heirs of salvation, they well, I want to know that. I mean, I'm talking to, I'm real, you know. I'm not trying to be real with you guys, you know. How many got something tonight? Are you getting something? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Don't raise your hand. Hallelujah. So. Go to what I told you to talk about. Oh, sorry, thank you. Uh, ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what brings financial prosperity supernaturally is that you serve your gift to the world. Hallelujah. Worship team can come up now. So if you come up to the altar tonight, the Holy Ghost put this in my heart as I was doing this lesson. 
He said, if there's somebody that comes tonight that wants to uh, receive that spirit of servanthood or revive that spirit of servanthood that they know they have, but they haven't used it, that could be really motivated to serve and find a way to serve others. And I have been, I have the spirit of servanthood since 1980 or 70-something. And uh, God had anointed me to serve first, then to teach. So if somebody lays hands on you, they, tra they transmit what they have in them. That's why a lot of people like, uh, you know, all the, all the men of God to lay hands on you because they will transmit what they have in you to you, you know. And if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, tonight come and make him the Lord, the Lord of your life. Then you can be dead to this world and alive to Jesus. Hallelujah. You can come up and make Jesus to come in, live, abide in you and set you free and become a citizen of heaven. Or if you're not touched from the Holy Spirit or healing, you come up. But if you want to awaken that servant in you, that's my anointing. The Holy Spirit said, lay hands on them, and they will get that, what you got. So as we worship, just come to the altar and we pray.